Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Support and care that you get from all across all across the world, for that matter, all across the world. Second Kings chapter number 6, begin with verse number 1. Amen here tonight. The Bible says, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Just a fancy way of saying it's too small. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam. Let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. One said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe had fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. The man of God said, Where fell it? And he shewed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Amen. I don't necessarily have anything real revelatory here this evening, but maybe just practical. Amen. But we need that from time to time. I'd like to minister along these lines here this evening. When the axe head falls when the axe head falls amen tonight will you join me one more time in prayer will god help us in these next few little moments together with his word father i love you jesus this evening praise your lord for your word god lord the grass may wither and the flower may fade but the word of god will stand forever god it is lord the very foundation upon which we lord build and secure our lives the word of god i need your word tonight need your word to speak to me. I need your word, God, to minister, Lord, to the people, Lord, that are gathered here this evening. I pray, oh, Lord, enlighten our minds, God, to be recipients of it. God, and we'll give you the praise and the glory and thankfulness to you, Lord, for it. The lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> when the axe head, when the axe head falls, what we have here is a very, a very simple story. Very simple story here uh, that's contained within the, the life of Elisha that some may be familiar with. It's a very simple story that contains a very incredible miracle. Uh, whenever you really consider it and think of it, that a person could throw a stick into a body of water where an axe head has fell in and probably sunk to whatever depth of the water that it was cast in is, and then for it to, as the scripture portrays it, swim and uh, meet it and that they would be able to retrieve it. So very, very simple story, but a very incredible miracle. And the very basic gist of it is laid out here that there were some young men who determined to build a new house. They were the sons of the prophets. Elisha was known to be their mentor to help them in their study and their schooling of the scripture. And they had a particular house that they would meet in and they would glean all of this knowledge from Elisha. 
Evidently, the, the, the number of students exceeded the space that they had in this particular house. And so that's the reason why they said it was just too straight for them or, or too small for them. And so they sought out that perhaps we need to build a bigger schoolhouse, a bigger building for the sons of the prophets so we can continue our education and you can continue to mentor us because the old one is too small. And so the, the, the concept is very basic. We're going to go and we're going to cut down some wood and some trees and we're going to construct a new house that will be good to contain each and every one of us so we can continue with our studies under the great man Elisha. And Elisha, we would really, we'd really enjoy it if you would just go along with us in this building process, but you know, who knows that even in the process of building, there could be some lessons shared or some ideas and knowledge that you might be able to convey to us. So they set out each of these young men with their assignment. They, they, they were going to gather some beams so that the house could be built. But it was not very long into their enterprise of building a new house and a new building before, oh, the most horrid thing you ever thought of happened. And that is the axe head goes off of the end of a handle and ends up in the bed of the river. And had it been an axe that belonged to one of the boys, it probably you know, would not have made no ripples to say among the men that were gathered there today. But the problem of the matter was this. It was not one of theirs, but he says, alas, master, it was borrowed. I don't know if anybody can identify with this young man that have ever borrowed something of someone else's and in the process of time of you borrowing it, uh, you broke it, and you already are starting to look on the internet and Google the same model number and what it is to see how much it's going to take in order to replace it. Maybe some of you a little less honest are wondering how many, if you can get it overnight and they'll never notice. Maybe you'll put the same scuff marks on it that they had whenever you received it. But there's just something that our hearts go down to our feet whenever something we have borrowed has either been, uh, it's been, it's been torn up or, or maybe perhaps you've had it for so long it's been disheveled among your own belongings and whenever they finally ask you, hey, you remember so many months ago you borrowed such and such, I'd like to have that back. And you're like, yeah, I'll get that to you. And you, just as soon as that news comes to you, you are on a, a scavenger hunt of sorts to find the very thing so you can identify with this individual whenever they have lost the axe head. It's at the, at the bottom of the bed of some river somewhere. And that, that's, that's the story in and of itself. But I believe tonight there are some practical practical lessons that can be learned from the text here tonight that's poured through this story. I think, number one, what we can learn through this story, here they are, they're, they're cutting down trees. They don't have their chainsaws of sorts, and there is not uh, any saw of that matter, but the good old axe of that day, the tool to be able to fail a tree as it were. And as the axe is flying, and no doubt the blade is sharp because they're trying to work smart, you know, not hard, and it's biting deep within the trees as they're felling down these beams for a new house and the tree seems to tremble just at the sight of the axe as they wing it against it time and time again one tree falls a second tree falls and passes on to the next and they're starting to stack up 
be exactly the material that they need for the building but in the midst of it all the axe head comes off and sinks to the bottom of the river and what starts to enter the minds of these men no doubt is this is that the tool that we need the most is now lost. The tool that we put most of our confidence in in order to do what we have set out to do for our goal and for our objective is lost. And so now that spintills a myriad of questions that begins to go in the minds of those that are cutting down the trees. How in the world is this building going to be finished? How are we going to accomplish what needs to be accomplished whenever the axe head is in the bottom of the river? How, how is the rest of the wood going to be gotten? You know, you can rub a tree and you might be able to rub the bark out of the tree, but you're going to do some long time rubbing to rub all the way through a tree. How is this going to be accomplished? What are we going to do? And it seems with just one sudden stroke of the axe, that everything that they had planned, every objective they had set, every goal that they had in their mind, everything collapsed in that moment. Everything come to a grinding halt. You could hear the sound chipping away of the tree with the ax against the tree, but whenever the head is gone, everything comes to a grinding halt, and there's nothing but a crisis now that they have upon their hands. Folks, I do say, and I'm speaking in practical terms tonight, but there is such crisis and events that take place in our life, the life of the church, the life of every saint of God. None of us are immune from it. If, as a matter of fact, if you look through the pages of Scripture and you track some of the great lives that are recorded in Scripture, saints of God, people that we would say are heroes in our eyes, churches even through the Scriptures that would have been hero, uh, very high watermark churches through Scripture somewhere in their history. There will be a record of a lost axe head as it were, that brought every objective, every future, every goal that they had ahead of them to a halt and it ceased to go on and to happen. It happens in churches sometimes. Goals and aspirations come to a halt because there is a loss, if you will, of an axe head. I've seen in some assemblies that came to a screeching halt because there was a death of a loyal supporter of the church and there was so much contingent upon that person. They did so much and there was so much of a capacity that they fulfilled that whenever they died there was a part of the church that died with them because an axe head had been misplaced so to speak. Some people, whenever someone in leadership, and I hate to talk about this, but sometimes people in leadership they backslide and they fall away from God. I've seen places and assemblies come to an extreme halt and there was no more joy and every objective that was contingent with that person being a part of it all washed down the drain because an axe head had somehow come loose. Uh, whenever truth is not carefully passed down to the next generation, it's nothing more but an axe head that has slipped off the handle. And some things that we had in our mind's view for the future is not going to be as it once was whenever they separate from truth being passed to the next generation. Different things can happen. Practical things, little squabbles, disunity within a congregation that may prevail, that can somehow bring things to a, 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 a absolute stop. Sin enters, worldliness enters, sometimes an assembly or a group of people. 
There's no rebuke. There's no preaching against it. There's nothing that, that says that it's in any different than what they should be doing. And as a result, that creeps in and it slows down the progress, if you will, of what would have taken place or what was going to take place. There's a lot of ways, folks, that an axe head can be lost in churches. But it can also be lost in our individual lives. If we're, admitting, if we're willing to admit it, it can be lost in our individual lives. All of us at some point in time in our life have come to the place where we lost the axe head. Yet goals, yet aspirations, yet a future that was bright before you, things that you wanted to do, but sometimes responsibilities became overwhelming and they were never fulfilled. Sickness, undetected, comes upon your body and it slows the progress down. We begin to look at where people have offended us and our offenses toward us take over our intentions that are still yet before us. We watch what others are doing, see what they're, what's going on in their life instead of keeping our focus upon the Lord, keeping our focus upon God. We may have got, as Scripture says, weary and well-doing. And sometimes it's the slim, simple slip of an axe head that goes off the handle. For whatever reason, the axe head is lost. And when it's lost, it shuts down our vision. When it's lost, it chokes out our spiritual endeavors, our spiritual dreams, stifles our prayers, stifles our tenacity, chokes our faith, suffocates what we believed in, shut down every part of us that was productive and said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go forward. It doesn't matter what comes or goes, but when the axe head slips off, everything comes to a screeching halt. What are you talking about? Because I've been there a time or two. I've been there when I had goals and objectives. And as it were, things were going just as planned. The axe was making contact with the trees. They were falling. The material was building up. And I could see it becoming into formation. But then something happened that got my enthusiasm. Something got in my crawl, such as an axe head flying offhand, that took away the reality of what I thought could happen. And I began to think maybe it can't happen because I've lost an axe head. Amen. When you've lost the axe head, you're much more susceptible to listening to the voices of your adversary than you were before it was lost. That's when the voices come in and say, how is this thing ever going to be finished when the very thing that you see through your eyes you need is now lost? How are you going to accomplish this without that? How are you going to be victorious how are you going to go on? And whenever the enemy starts speaking those words, something else very soon comes and settles in your spirit. The spirit of discouragement. Hey Amen. The spirit of discouragement makes an inroad into your soul. And it's in the middle of you weeping over a lost axe head that all these despairing voices are sounding the loudest in your heart and in your mind. We're never going to get this thing done. We're never going to accomplish this. There's too much work. There's not enough resources. 
What we need the most has been lost, and now it's setting at the bottom of a river bed. Folks, it's in atmospheres like that that it's very hard. It's very hard, and many times it seems almost impossible for our faith to prevail. It's impossible for us to see anything happening. Those boys thought to themselves, there's not going to be a new schoolhouse. Amen. Here, we cannot fail any more trees because what we needed the most is lost. The atmosphere of all those that stood in the woods that day, their hearts fell whenever the axe head fell off. Their spirits were low whenever it went to the depth of the sea. Amen. It was a testing of their thinking. It was a testing of how they felt. Amen. Because the fact is, the highest challenge Challenge to our thinking is how we feel. If you feel like you can, then you think you can. You know, that little five foot two boy that stands up to a six foot three guy that weighs 250 pounds and little five two guys about 110 sopping wet. Whenever he looks at that boy that is challenging him and he stands there sure-footed with his shoulders squared back and a backbone like a steel rebar and he says, you know what, I think I can whip him. I guarantee you he only thinks that because he feels as though he can. And so his feelings greatly impact how he thinks and then how you think will determine how you act. Amen. People walk around feel defeated and so they think they're defeated and so they act defeated. Amen. Because it's largely contributed to how we feel. So how a man feels in his situation and his set of circumstances and these lots of life will ultimately determine how it all ends up in the end. John Maxwell said this. He said, if you are willing to change your thinking, he says, you can change your feelings. He says, if you change your feelings, you can change your actions. He said, changing your actions can change your life. So here's a bunch of boys. They're feeling right now defeated, and so they're thinking defeating thoughts, and they ain't seeing this thing come together. And so here we have uh, a group of men at this time, God's carpenters, if you will, and what they're doing in the moment, they're showing a little bit more strength than they are skilled. Now, I know you've never done this, but we've all witnessed it. In fact, we've probably been guilty of it a time or two in our own lives, the axe head is lost. How many has had an axe head gone but you keep firing away with the axe handle? I dare to tell you, and I'm not proud of it, more than one time in my life, I put a lot of confidence in myself. Put a lot of confidence in my flesh and my own wisdom and my own understanding Left no room, if you will, for God to work. Left no room for God to intervene in the middle of my dilemma. But I just went on swinging ahead with the handle with no axe head. Amen. And we find ourselves sometimes as churches and individuals, we get so caught up in using our own energy, our own strength, our own sincerity to compensate for what is lacking, compensate for what is there, compensate for the supernatural. But I'm telling you, it is a poor substitute to let the natural try to substitute for the supernatural. The spiritual, the substitute, amen, to be there instead. And we're trying to put forth our carnality and our nature. That will never, never work. There is no substitutes for a lost axe head. 
The handle will not do it. There is no substitutes, might I say, for the church, for a church that is alive, for a church that is on fire. There's no substitutes for answered prayer. There's no substitutes for people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I know you look in your cookbooks and you find substitutes for butter and sour cream and all those other things, but let me tell you, whenever it comes to spiritual matters in the house of God, there are no substitutes for liberty and worship and there's no substitutes for a fired up group of youth and there's no substitutes for fasting that prevails. No, no substitutes for a passion for the loss and the dying. No substitutes for a desire for revival. There is... Don't care how many times you swing the handle. If there's not an axe head on the end of it, it's really just a fruitless effort. You might expend the same amount of energy, but the, the, the outcome is quite different than what it would have been if there was an axe head. And here is the problem. I guarantee you those boys that went into the woods, just speaking to you in practical terms tonight, those boys that went into the woods did not go in there. The one who had borrowed this from his neighbor or his friend, I guarantee he didn't go in there that day and say, you know what, I think I'm just going to lose this axe head today. I borrowed this from a neighbor. I think I'm just going to let this thing slip off. And I think I'm just going to lose this, purposely lose it. I don't think anybody just ever sets out on losing what they would deem their greatest asset in their life. Sets out to lose their greatest asset that they deem it is to the church. But the most valuable thing to these young men at this point in time in their project was their acts. And they were on their way to do something very noble. They were on their way to do something very important. But in the process of it all, they lost what they needed the most. And as saints of God and as the church, we lose our axe heads. We don't purposely do it. It's not with evil intent that we do it. But sometimes it just happens along the way. Now, I am not an expert in the axe. I do have one, and I swing it occasionally in the fall and the spring for cutting wood for the fire pit. But if I would deem it and look at it and consider it, the axe head probably did not slip off with just one slide. But little by little, vibration and movement, it would start coming off the end of that handle. They didn't purposely lose it. They didn't have no evil intention of losing it. It just happened by the way of its use. It happened while they were doing the best that they could do with it. Hey, man, they would pitch it. They would swing it. They would hit it. And life sometimes, many times, is just like that. You don't get the choice of the pitches that are thrown at you. If I'm speaking baseball terminology, you don't get a choice for the pitches that are thrown to you. You can only to react to what is taking place. Only react to what is happening. For most of us, we don't decide to throw in the towel. We don't just decide to throw in the towel. It's through the course of living. Amen. The course, amen, the crosses that we wrestle with and the crosses that we bear and the burdens that weigh us down. As Job said, it's, it's the repetitious beating of the water against the stone that wears it away, that steals our joy and steals our vision and steals our objective and our goals. It's not just one day we say, you know what, forget it. No, it's just the beating away at our lives. Sooner or later, the ax has been slipping and all of a sudden it's gone. Alas, what are we going to do? And everything that we have had in our minds to do can no longer be done because we are at lost of it but here's what the scripture says when he cries out and says master master it was borrowed it's lost 
the man of God. Thank goodness they asked Elisha to come along on this journey. The man of God spoke to them in verse number 6. And he said, where fell it? Where did the axe head fall? Where did it enter the water? Where did it plunge into the creek bed or the river bed? Show me where it fell into the water. And he, whenever he found out where it fell into the water, the Bible says he cut down a stick and cast it where? He cast it where it fell into the water. What are you saying, Brother McGee? I'm saying if there's something of that measure that is absolutely important to you, valid to you for things in your life still yet in the future, let me be the man of God for us in this hour and ask you this, where did it enter the water? Where, where did it enter into the water? Because wherever it fell off is where we need to go back to. Wherever you lost it is where we need to go back to. There's, there's no purpose in going further up or further down. You need, to, you need to go right where you lost it. And you need to somehow investigate where you lost it. Look into the water where it's lost. And we can do something about finding it. But the only place you'll find it is where you lost it. Can someone say amen? Amen, amen. There's certain things that never return to our life. But I'm asking us tonight as a search party, we need to go out to those things that are most necessary for the future, most necessary for your objectives in your life in the future. Go find where that thing was lost. Go find where you lost contact with it. Go find where you let go of it, whatever it may be. And dig deep in that area, in that place where it was lost and recover it, recover it. Someone say recover it. If you lost your zeal, go back and find where you lost it. If you lost your joy, go back and find where you lost it. If you lost your enthusiasm, go back and find where you lost it. Because you'll recover it at the same place that you lost it. If you lost your relationship with God, order your steps back where you lost it. Dig deep into the water and let an incredible miracle Someone say amen. It can only be recovered where it was lost. I've said this many times in my life, and I think I'm a, I got a PhD in lost things. Thank you, dear, for the school. Because in my house, it's always a lost phone, lost keys, lost purse. Now we had children so we can have a bigger search party. Amen. I used to have children so they could put them to labor so we can have children now to have a search party for lost things in our house. Where's my phone? Don't call my phone. Where's my keys? I don't know where your keys are. Well, I just had them such and such, and so we all in these search parties. Where's my purse? Well, whenever you have as many purses as that, I couldn't even remember which one I carried last. Now I'm hitting a chord with somebody tonight. We're preaching right now. The old saying is this, but it's very true. Very elementary, very elementary, but very true. There's not been one thing that we ever lost in our house that we didn't find where we left it. All practicality that there was no outside force of another child or another person moving it from place to place. We always found anything we lost right where we left it. Right where we lost it. 
So what we got to do in the realm of the spirit, we got to think back. You ever done it? Sit down. I'm trying to think when's the, when's the last time I had it. When, when, when's the last time I had it? Where was I when I had it? I remember having those keys in my hand and I laid them down on the counter by the, by the microwave. You got to remember when you last had it. You got to remember where you laid it down. And where you laid it down is where you can pick it up. Where you lay it down is where you can pick it up. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, and I'm closing with this. You can stand with me. If you've lost something over the years, go back to where you lost it. Go back to where you lost it. You might need to close your eyes. You might need to take a little walk down memory lane and ask yourself, Pastor, where was I? Where was I the last time I felt like I had happiness a part of my life? Where was I last time that I felt there was a joy in my spirit? Where was I the last time that I really felt a liberty in the Holy Ghost? Where was I? What was I doing in that moment? What, I, what was I doing in that time? Sir or ma'am, if you can recreate the scenario, you can find it. If you can, re, if you can recreate the scenario, if you can remember where you were, what you were doing, and when you last had it, you can find it, and you can pick it back up again. Because listen to me, folks. God still has more work for you. God still has more work for us as an assembly we can't just stop and come to a halt because some things have suffered loss. We must go back to wherever it is, pick it up, get it up out of that water, dust it off, sharpen that blade one more time, reassemble it on that handle and go to work again because there's still something that God would have for us to do. Really wouldn't profit much. If all those boys just found themselves a stump of some tree that they had failed and they sit around for a while and say, you know what, it's really bad that we lost the axe head. Really don't know what we're going to do. Guys, you have any idea what we might be able to do? And for them to spend five, four, maybe a couple hours just sitting there talking about the tragedy, devising all these different ways. Man, we came up with, we came up with ten different plans how we might go about retrieving this be a great tragedy if they spend all their time invest all their time in that and yet never step into action never step into action I find myself give you a little insight to me who I am I'm more or less type A personality got a little perfectionist thing in me and it's really it can be a real real great benefit and pitfall The benefit might be is usually if it's done, it's going to be done right. The pitfall is this. Wringing my hand so much so over it being done right, I'll take forever and may never get it done. Because whenever it gets done, I want it to be done right. And so I'll be stymied in going forward because I'm not going to attempt that until I know all everything's right in place. And as I get older, I learned this. That there, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, okay? Forget that. You've all been around me long enough. 
But what I am saying is this. I've learned as I grow older that there'll probably never, never something all put together that I can hit the road and it's just fine. I've learned that, you know what? You just kind of got to start here and just perfect it along the way. Because I don't want you to get the impression that just because there was the miracle of an axe head coming to float and back to the handle of an axe, that there would never be another day in those boys' life they'd never lose another axe head. It's not the scenario. They were just doing it on that basis. They might as well leave it at the bottom of the, of the riverbed. That's not the case. If you think you'll never lose anything again or the same thing again, <laughs> Let me tell you, things have been lost multiple times, the exact same item. If you think it'll never be lost again, and you say, well, if I find it, it's going to be good now because it's never going to lose. I'm sorry to disappoint you. There's a good chance it's going to be lost again. But that should not keep you from trying to retrieve it. We didn't go out and buy a new phone every time the phone was lost. I didn't go out and make a new set of keys every time the keys were lost. Now, I think whoever we got our van from did that because we have nine keys to that van. <laughs> Evidently, we ended up finding them all. But we didn't do that. We didn't just go out. No, no, no. We retrieved it. We retrieved it with the knowledge, you know what? This could slip off again. There could be some error and this get lost again. But don't make it. Don't, don't allow it to keep you incarcerated from going back, searching diligently, finding what you have lost even with the chance that it could happen again. Amen. If we bow our heads in this place. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.